Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Focus on faith. I don't know if, if you um, are like me, but if you are, sometimes you may, from time to time, find it difficult to stay focused, uh, especially in the world that we live in. There's so many things to break our focus. Um, And I guess today I want to kind of hopefully engage our minds to to think about just how do we focus and are we building stuff into our lives that makes Yahweh and his son Yahshua the focus of our lives? Um, Is there things in the fabric of our day-to-day that keeps him at the forefront of our mind? So I, as mentioned previously, I have, a, I have a two-year-old son named Carver who, you know, he, he struggles. He is also has the same thing that I have, sometimes struggles to focus. So if you take Carver to pretty much any setting, let's say Walmart, for example, for example uh, and you set him down in a Walmart, he is just going to get wide-eyed and go nuts, and he'll just take off. And I can stand at this end of the aisle and I can say, Carver, come here, Carver. And oblivious, he has no, he's, he's not hearing me. He's not focused on me, not focused on my voice at all, right? But I can take that same little kid in another setting, like let's say his mom or myself is trying to put him down for a nap. I can move him to an environment that is quiet and let's say at the house, where he tends to put all of his focus on his mama or myself, and, and you cannot tiptoe out of a room without him instantly hearing you and knowing they're trying to leave me, they're trying to ditch me, right? So what is it that makes not just the little kid, but maybe the little kid in all of us do that? Um, and for myself, I think a little bit of it is lack of focus. So that's what this message is about. Um, You know, it's about life for a lot of us is sometimes very loud. And we have to, from time to time, find our own personal quiet spot, our own personal place that we can go and refocus. You know, and I think Yahweh builds in that into our lives. He builds it for us. It's, It's always up to us whether we participate or not. So we all have things going on in our life, things that we think are important, whether that's, a, uh, whether that's a job, maybe for some it's a hobby, uh, maybe it's some athletic achievement or uh, educational achievement, some goal that we've set for ourselves that takes our energy, our brain power, our resources, uh, and it takes our focus. But the question that we have to continually ask ourselves is, while we all have certain things in this life we have to do, are we keeping our number one focus, our number one dedication, our complete commitment um, on the things that matter, on our faith in Yahweh? So, um, 
if you would. Uh, well, Proverbs, you don't have to turn there. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to Yahweh and your plans will be established. To me, that means align ourselves with Yahweh. It means as believers, we can't have anything in our life that is so important to us or we become so attached to that we can't set aside and leave because we never know when that requirement will happen to us. Whether it's our treasure, whether it's house, whether it's, like I mentioned earlier, a sporting event, uh, athletic achievement, educational achievement, we have to be able to let it go. Um, if you would turn to Matthew chapter four, verse one. Matthew four, verse one. <clears throat> We're gonna read the story of when Yahshua was tempted by Satan. Um, I think there's something unique about this story. Well, there's a lot of things, of course, but uh, let's just start in verse one. Then Yahshua was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of Yahweh, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of Yahweh. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of Yahweh, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Yahshua said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put Yahweh your Elohim to the test. Again, the devil took, took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. And Yahshua said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship Yahweh your Elohim and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels, angels came and began to minister to him. <clears throat> So, uh, so it seems like the devil kind of uses those same tactics that he used on Yahshua and that he was using thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago. He still kind of uses them on us. Um, <clears throat> look where it says, uh, let me see here. I'm gonna go back to verse, verse eight. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. So in, in maybe a much more subtle way, I think a lot of time that's each and every one of our own temptation, right? I mean, Satan kind of sounds like a, like a bad real estate broker. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know a lot about bad real estate brokers. And he kind of is like, hey, Come walk, let's take a look at this. Let's look, and he takes him to the highest point, which is what you do. You take them, you get them above, and you say, hey, you can have this. This can be your house. Look at this view. Look how amazing this is, right? 
That's what, that's a lot of times what happens in our lives when, when we lose focus. We, we, we are like that little kid running through Walmart. We get, we're, we get wide-eyed and we're looking around and man, there's some, there's some cool stuff in the world. That's the, that's the amazing thing. When, you know, when, when Yahweh created the universe, at the end he said, hey, this is good, this is very good. He built something that's so fantastic that it is, it's very good. And sometimes it's easy for myself to kind of lose that focus uh, and, and start like seeing the, the shiny things in the world. So just think about, think about Peter. Uh, think about Peter. He had spent a lot of time with Yahshua. And I believe that, you know, uh, I think that we all have to commit before, like before, like we're tempted, right? Before we have this massive temptation, we've got to mentally kind of decide what our number one focus is. We've kind of got to prepare ourselves uh, and I believe that Peter did that. But you know, sometimes when you see things happen, like Peter saw, you know, sometimes you can be shaken. And Peter was shaken for a moment, right? He denied, he denied Yahshua twice, and then he heard the, the cock crow, and he instantly knew and remembered what Yahshua had told him. I think we deal with that ourselves. We have to, we have to kind of think through this and mentally prepare ourselves for those moments when the world's going to shake us. Make up our mind now. In Colossians 2, verse 4, it says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Messiah. So we are called to be steadfast, to not be called up, uh, not be called into this world and not become so entangled in it that we can't get out, to not lose our focus. Yogi Berra was a hind catcher for uh, the New York Yankees. And he's very quotable. Like he has, you know, he was very slick with his quotes and, and pretty funny guy. Uh, and he was known for when when batters would come up to bat, you know, he would, he would talk to them. You know, a lot of high catchers do it, but Yogi was probably the best at it. And he would talk to them and he would mess with them and kind of, you know, try to get their focus off, right? Try to get them thinking about a, a comeback to tell you to the high catcher instead of, you know, is the pitcher going to throw me a curve or an inside slider or, you know, whatever else. So one day, Yogi tells this story. He's like, there I was, high catching for the New York Yankees. And uh, Hank Aaron comes to bat. And I tell old Hank, I'm like, Hank, hey, you're holding the bat all wrong. You gotta, you gotta be able to read the, the brand. You gotta turn it. And he's telling him this, and Mr. Aaron doesn't say anything to him. He just stands in the box, the pitch comes, and he sends a line drive, smokes it over the left field wall, rounds the bases, and as he's coming home, he crosses home plate and he looks at Yogi and he says, <laughs> he says, I didn't come up here to read. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't lose his focus, right? He didn't, he didn't go up there like, oh, okay, get all, he didn't, he didn't do something like I would do. He, he maintained his focus. That's, uh, that's what we've got to do. We've got to constantly maintain our focus. If you would turn to Hebrews 11, 
Hebrews 11 and verse 24. And this is, uh, this is talk, they're, just, they're talking about, in verse 24, they're talking about Moses. Now, I want to make a point at the end of this. So 24, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of Yahweh than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Messiah greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he would be, he who destroyed the firstborn might not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. I think this is, this is, I really like that, that verse. Uh, I mean, obviously the, there's a whole story of Moses in, in Exodus, but imagine if you will, Moses's position. He's the prince. He has everything at his beck and call. He has, he has it all. But he knew that something wasn't right in the matrix. He knew that he had a higher calling and he had a calling of salvation. And he put all of that aside and he turned his focus on the Egyptian empire and he put it on doing what Yahweh's will was. And um, I, think we can, I think we can all agree that most likely being a prince in Egypt as compared to leading the children of Israel, which from time to time were probably fairly stubborn, uh, I would say that leading the children of Israel was a lot harder path. But he, he took that hard path because he knew that salvation was at the end. <clears throat> I think we, um, I think for myself sometimes, you know, I think we've all, and, and a lot, everybody for that matter, I think we've got to always tell ourselves that there's not everything in this life that's for us. If we're going to follow Yahweh, there's certain things that aren't for us. They're for other people, but they're not for us. And we also can't get so attached to things of this life that we let that almost become, define us. And what I mean by that is we can't let it be where, like we're known for this. Maybe you're known because you're an amazing athlete, right? Every young kid wants to be known for that. But that can't be your defining thing, right? We need to all be known because of who our Savior is and who our, our King is. That's how we need to be known, number one. And, we, and, and don't get me wrong, we're all, you know, we all want to achieve things here, but we must always focus on the cost of those achievements. Uh, if you would turn to uh, Mark 13, 32. 
And he said to them, go and tell the fox, behold, I'm trying to make sure I'm in the right spot Okay, so I think I wrote down the wrong scripture. Say, so, so uh, I got the wrong verse, but here's the scripture I was wanting to uh, direct you guys to. I'm not, uh, but about the, that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the, when the hour of the ho- owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And uh, sorry about the bad reference. Um, oh, yeah, no, that's a good reference. I'm in, in Luke. So you guys, if y'all were in Mark, you probably did have the right reference. Anyway, my bad. The scripture, though, at the end is when he says watch. So nobody knows when. It's a, it's a constant preparedness that we must all have, that we must all focus on. We can't let the fog of this life let us take our eyes off the prize. Um, so having said all that, you know, there's, there's certain things that I think make it where uh, we can, we can, that helps us stay focused. Um, So the one, the the first, and maybe one of the most beneficial, I would say is prayer. You know, all through scriptures in every book, when trials and tribulations come, somebody is praying. Somebody's hitting their knees to prayer. That, the prayer is our relationship with the Father. Prayer is how we stay connected and stay communicative. You know, prayer is, is the relationship that we have. It meant enough, turn to Matthew 6, 9. You know, prayer, Yahshua thought prayer was so important that he gave a, a very detailed way of praying to the apostles. And it says, Pray then in this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think prayer, um, when it comes to relationship with our Father, I think that's, that's critical, um, especially in keeping our focus. Uh, and also, the also uh, I think the other thing that is a, is a key point and, a, and an absolute thing that must be done is the Sabbath day. Um, if you look at Exodus 20, verse 8, I'll just read it. Most, you guys all know what it says. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh. 
In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and restored on the seventh day, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You know, if we're in prayer and we're coming to Sabbath and we're worshiping on Sabbath, you know, those things, having those two focus points in your life just draws you, draws you into him, draws you closer. I think there's another um, thing that's a, that's a key factor as well. And that's when, when we come to Sabbath, we don't want to be just a bench warmer. We want to participate. We want to participate in a way that matters. You don't want to just be present. You know, you hear people talk a lot about, you know, when, when they're with family that, hey, it's not good enough just to be present, just be hanging around. Like, you got to be, we got to engage. And that's what Yahweh wants for us. He wants us to engage. He wants us to engage and be a part of, of what's going on, not just on Sabbath, but in our daily lives. Because if you, if you are focused every day, a lot of things that lead to salvation start just becoming, this is what we do. This is who we are. And suddenly those things are who you are and not all these worldly things of who you are. You know, it's, I heard somebody once say that Yahweh doesn't want our leftovers. He wants the best. He wants our first fruits. Um, I think that's, I think that's very true. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people when they grew up, they was always talking about having to eat leftovers. So I have, I have 10 brothers and sisters and I used to hear them talk about leftovers and I would always think to myself, man, I wonder what that's like. We never really had leftovers. Like there's, <laughs> that's the beauty of being in a large enough family. Yeah, you don't really have the leftover thing going on. Uh, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of for that middle tier, that four to five, you got leftovers. Like we'll have leftovers sometimes in our family. Yeah, leftovers wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So we're supposed to walk with Yahweh and we're supposed to align ourselves with him in, in a, in a way that, that we dedicate ourselves <clears throat> and I want to be clear about this. We're not, uh, we have to agree and align with Yahweh. Yahweh doesn't agree or align with us. Like there's Yahweh's way and then that, and that's it. We have to align to him. We have to draw to him. <clears throat> I know the people in this room, there's a lot of you that are extremely talented and gifted. Um, and have a lot of opportunities. And I just want to, to remind you and just ask you to think about just the focus and keeping your priorities straight um, on what we're supposed to be doing, you know, in, in this world. Uh, as an assembly, like there's a lot of things that we do here that are good and then there's stuff that's very good. And, and when we do things here that are kingdom building things, that's fantastic. And then there's kind of like these other things you do that are nice. So right, there's, there's things that we do out in the world that are nice things and they're good, but maybe they don't rise to the level of being great or kingdom building things. 
So you can, you can go to a uh, charity event, you know, for, uh, in a golf tournament and give, you know, some charity some money. And that's a good thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But a great thing is when you sit down and you share the gospel or you sit down and you try to do something that builds and focuses on kingdom building. Uh, and sometimes I do think, I find this in myself, sometimes I'll do too much of the kind of okay, kind of good stuff over here when maybe that focus could be better spent building for the kingdom. It's, the, it's kind of the distracted me syndrome. <clears throat> so I can't really tell you guys how many times that I've, I've walked into a room in the house, speaking of being distracted, and been like, what am I doing in here? I know I came in here for a reason. And you spend a few minutes, and then for me, I'll backtrack. I'll walk back in the other room that I initially was in, and then it comes to me, oh, no, I know, and I go back and, so if you didn't have any, if you didn't have any audio and you were just peeking in, you know, maybe you're the Chinese government, and you're just watching me walk back and forth, uh, you know, it probably seems like I'm crazy. Uh, but hey, that's just how I can be. I can be very distracted. I can be, so I'm thinking about something else while I'm supposed to be doing this, you know. There's a lot of rabbit trails that life throws at us. Like we're supposed to be on this path, this straight and narrow path, but the world is full of bunny trails and little side, side cuts off to over here and over there. It's so hard to stay focused, you know, as, and, then, and then life is busy, right? Life is busy. We have plans. We have things that we're doing. You know, we want to get, we, we're looking at the internet. We're, we're blogging. We're reading somebody else's blog. We're checking the weather. We're catching up on the news. The kids need to be dropped off. Now the kids need to be picked up. Now we're going to practice. Now we're picking them up from practice. Uh, there's all these things that cloud our, our view. And sometimes what we do is we do what's necessary and we neglect what's essential. That's what, uh, that's what I find in myself a lot of times. Uh, so there's, this, there's a story I heard about a Soviet guard. Uh, Soviet guard was Vladimir was his name. And so the Soviet guard, they were, the Kremlin was having these problems. They said, hey guys, people keep stealing stuff from our little factory over here in Siberia. So they're like, send Vlad down there and have him keep guard, have him make sure that they quit stealing stuff. So the worker would come out day one, Vlad was on the case, and he had this wheelbarrow. And it was, it was, it was kind of full, had this blanket over it. It looked like there was something in it. And Vlad says, comrade, stop. It's like, hey, what's in your wheelbarrow? And the guy's like, I got nothing. I got sawdust in here. And he's like, come on, man. You ain't got sawdust in there. He's like, well, look. And he looks, sure enough, it's sawdust. So he's like, okay, you can take sawdust. We don't care. So he takes the sawdust and he goes back to his house. And, and the next day, same thing. Vlad stops him again. Same conversation. What are you doing? I'm still in, I'm taking sawdust. Oh, well, no problem stealing sawdust. Go ahead. And this goes on and this goes on and this goes on. And finally, Vlad says, okay, my friend, this is enough. You've got way too much sawdust. Listen, I won't even get you in trouble. I just got to know what are you really stealing? 
And the worker looks at him and goes, wheelbarrows. <laughs> Vladimir, he was a great soldier, I'm sure, but he lost his focus. He was focusing on the wrong thing. We sometimes focus on the wrong things. As we kind of go down this path of life, we focus on the wrong thing sometimes. Psalms 1611 says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I'm gonna read that again. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Yahweh has made known to us the path of life. He's given us a God. He's given us abilities. He's given us a way to focus on him. And he's asking that we, that we do that. He's asking that we, I saw, I saw a meme on Facebook um, and it said, hey, at some point, David had to pick up the stones, uh, which kind of is, I think a, in some ways it's, you gotta have some action, right? We've gotta, gotta mentally kind of think about like, hey, we gotta, you know, gotta be intent on what we're doing. We gotta be focused. A guy named Frederick William Faber said this. He said, there's hardly ever a complete silence in our soul. Yahweh is whispering to us constantly. Whenever the sounds of the world die out in the soul or sink low, then we hear these whisperings of Yahweh. He is always whispering to us, only we do not always hear, hear because of the noise, the hurry, the distractions which life causes as it rushes on. Today is a good day for us to turn from complacency and wondering and really think about um, you know, our goal here in, uh, in this life and what we need to do and separate that from maybe what sometimes we want to do and really focus on our faith. Um, and with that, I will let you guys go. Thank you.